0: At Fidelity, value is automatic, starting with the rate you can get on your cash when you open a new retail brokerage account. Learn more at fidelity.com slash trading. Fidelity Brokerage Services, member NYSE SIPC.
1: My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a work market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Jim Kramer, Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to K-America. I'd be want to make friends, I'm just trying to help save some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach, so call me 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Never in my life have I seen such a strong employment number mean so little to the stock market. Once again, we had growth with no inflation, an expanding workforce, all good. Uh, the slightly higher wages, terrific bump in construction hiring, thanks in part to lower interest rates. And what happens? Well, the Dow ends up tumbling 277 points. The S&P sinks 0.54 percent. Nasdaq also sinks 0.54 percent. Sell, 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 sell. All because we appear to care right now, at least, more about the coronavirus than about our own economy. And the disease seems like it's running rampant in China. In truth, we have the situation under control in this country with just a dozen confirmed cases by the CDC. But in China, it's like they're running a triage operation with 50 million poor people cordoned off from the rest of society. So any game plan for next week needs to start with this virus and what it means for the Chinese government. Not good. The Chinese infected, horrifying. And the Chinese workers who might be summoned back to their jobs next week by the Communist Party. Draconium. President Trump spent the better part of the last two years trying to wean American companies off of Chinese suppliers. But so many of them are still dependent on the People's Republic, for parts at least, that I think that we're going to see the first signs next week of the global slowdown that so many have been predicting the one whose epicenter is in Beijing. How about individual companies? Okay. Well, we'll try to pick some that aren't deeply connected with China. So there's opportunities to make some money here. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Allergan. All right. Now this is it for Allergan. This is the last time it's going to be talking as it was acquired by AbbVie, which reported an incredibly strong quarter today, sent the stock up five. I hope Allergan talks about its miraculous new acute migraine drug that was just approved. As the national spokesperson for the American Migraine Foundation, I know there are tens of millions of people who could benefit from this pill. So I'm betting it's a blockbuster, even as candidly, they don't seem to know it. We also get results from restaurant brands, the owner of Burger King, and I'm worried that sales could be slowing here. We're seeing a real divide in the restaurant space between the haves and the have-nots, and restaurant brands may be slipping from, uh, from the former to the latter. My favorites, don't ever think it, McDonald's and Wendy's. I think Wendy's breakfast is going to be very strong. After the closers, there's XPO Logistics. And we want to find out if they found any takers for the divisions that they're trying to sell that, that Brad Jacobs, the CEO, co- talked about on our show. I think it makes sense to own this one going into the quarter Tuesday morning, we hear from Hasbro. Ooh, this is complicated, right? I've been fascinated with the story for years. We know the toys makers has been tested for multiple trials, especially the collapse of Toys R Us. But now we need to know what they can say about China. I mean, how many toys are made in China? Can the factories they need to make toys on the cheap stay open? Then there's Under Armour, which has been in purgatory for ages. I hope they'll be able to make a comeback. But we have to stay close to, to the, their inventory issues and discontinued products. I think we can get some resolution uh, into that federal investigation here. And, you know, I believe that investigation is much ado about nothing. Lyft. Is Lyft doing as well as Uber? Well, we're going to find out if they're closed, but it could be difficult because we know now that Uber's turned a corner definite corner, with management talking about how they could be profitable in the fourth quarter. I like Lyft very much, and at this point, I could, well, let's say I think both could work. Pretty forgiving person. Wednesday, key. CVS, okay, CBS Health. We want them to follow up on all that good news we heard from CEO Larry Merlot at the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference a month ago. We need to know about the debt pay down, about possible assets they can sell, and about the health hub expansion. I also want to find out how bad a regular flu season could be this year, not just the coronavirus, because we need a little context. Now, you know, I'm a big believer in gold, so pay attention when Barrick Gold reports. The company's the result of the Barrick merging with uh, Rangold. That's run by the redoubtable Mark Bristow. I'm betting the numbers will be very good, but you own a gold stock like this one to vaccinate your portfolio against economic chaos. Then there's Shopify. Now, that's the e-commerce facilitator that's among the best performers of our time. They just keep delivering and delivering. I keep hoping the stock will come down again and have one soon, early, 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 uh, late last year, uh, because my travel trust uh, needs a decent buying opportunity to get back in. Uh, if we pull back to the, the quarter, that could be the chance to get into Shopify. After the close Wednesday, we get results from two big tech companies that have been under pressure in recent years. I'm talking about Applied Materials. The uh, semiconductor equipment maker, and Cisco, the networking kingpin. Last quarter, Applied Materials put up its first good set of numbers in ages in the stock rally. But Cisco disappointed. I think AMAC can deliver again. Cisco, I'm calling it a show-me-story Thursday belongs to the strongest consumer packaged goods stock of our era, and that is PepsiCo. Lately, Procter & Gamble and Coca-Cola have challenged Pepsi's lead. How will they respond? I think with consistency, solid beverages, but insanely good free to lay numbers. The stock is at an all-time high. Uh, so if they disappoint, you're going to be in a, you know, let's say it's going to get hit. Still, I think you can buy some before the quarter and some after because it is that well run. You want to know what a bad company looks like, though? Kraft Heinz. They report, and they're in rough shape. I'd like to see some growth acquired or otherwise. I'd like to see some division sold for a lot of money, or else the stock just remains dead in the water. Kraft Heinz has become the hallmark of inconsistency. We saw that great construction number this morning, and that makes me want to own the stock of waste management, which is more levered to the construction industry than anything else. Unfortunately, the stock's run in anticipation of a strong quarter on Thursday. If you don't own it, I say wait. I think world travel is being paralyzed by the coronavirus outbreak, but we'll know for sure when it Exped- reports after the close, it could be very downbeat. I can't blame anyone for not wanting to travel when we we know that cruise ships can become incubators for the disease, and planes are full of people wearing surgical masks. We also hear from NVIDIA, and you don't name your dog after a company unless you think it's incredibly special. And that's how the dog artist formerly known as Everest came to be called NVIDIA, and he answers to his master's voice, at least as long as his master has a treat in his hand. NVIDIA is the company that has the best chips for artificial intelligence, for gaming, data center, stocks had a huge run. But with its new ray tracing graphics chips for gaming, I think it's worth holding on to. And I think you should buy some of the weaknesses. Dexcom reports, too, and this company, as you know, is delivered every time because it has the best blood sugar monitor for people with diabetes. I I bet they do it again. I, I, I pray it comes down beforehand so you can buy some. Don't just go in the open market. Finally, on Friday, we have Newell Brands with its new CEO and a product line that sold at stores like Bed Bath & Beyond. I'm not sure they can deliver, but the stock's so low, maybe it doesn't matter. The most important thing about next Friday, it will have been 14 days since the collapse of the market last Friday, when we were pretty much clo- when we pretty much closed our borders to travelers from China. The coronavirus has a 14 day incubation period. So that's when we'll know for sure if the disease is contained. The bottom line, as much as I want to focus on the earnings this week, keep in mind that this epidemic can steal the spotlight at any given time, like it did today, in spite of a phenomenal Terrific job support. Let's speak to Brandon in Indiana. Brandon, hey Jim, thanks a lot. Um, appreciate everything you do for a little guy here. Get ahead in the game. Uh, Got a question about Boeing. BA had a uh, decent week. Had a little bit of a fall today. What are we doing? Are we buying? Are we selling? I own a little um, bit. I think Boeing's 31. actually going to work out. I think Boeing is going to work out. I say that only because I think that we're closer to the max returning to service than most people think. Uh, but the stock's been up for two straight days. This is a stock that was uh, down for, for today. But this is a stock that always gives you uh, a kind of an opportunity to get in a lower price. So I would wait for that before I pull the trigger. Let's go to Dave in New York. Dave. Hey, booyah, Jim. First booyah. time caller. Oh, I just great, recently Dave. invested in Sprint. Uh, with the judges' decision on a merger with T-Mobile due anytime soon, uh, what are your thoughts about buying more
0: stocks now no, or in the future? No, don't buy and more Sprint. That make-
1: don't buy, I mean, look, it's T-Mobile that's the good one. T-Mobile wins if there's a deal, and T-Mobile wins if there isn't a deal. Not Sprint. Sprint's got a bad balance, T-Mobile is a good one. I know that flies in the face of the interesting narrative of a $4 stock, but i got to tell it like it is because I don't want people losing money. All right, this coronavirus still matters to this market. It's going to keep mattering until it's completely under control. We'll get more clarity this week. And we'll also hear from plenty of great companies. Well oh, Man Tonight, exiting the magical realm of unicorns, Uber and Pinterest are making some money. Or Pinterest definitely there. And Wall Street is loving it. I'm giving my take on their new status. Then, sweet dreams are not made of these. I'm breaking down Casper's lackluster debut and what it says about the state of the market. And Taylor Morrison announced the closing of his $2.5 billion merger yesterday with another home builder. What's ahead for this one? Uh, i got the exclusive with the CEO. So stick with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer, hashtag madtweets. Send Jim an email to MadMoney at cnbc.com. or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com.
0: At Fidelity, we work to get you a better price for every trade. See how much we saved investors last year at fidelity.com slash priceimprovement. Fidelity Brokered Services, member NYSE, SIPC.
1: Who would imagine Uber and Pinterest, two companies seemingly run for growth rather than profit, executed so well this quarter that they both were able to deliver better than expected earnings. That's a monumental shift. When Uber and Pinterest came public last year, they had the same strategy. They were going to spend a lot of money, generate massive revenue growth, and cement their first-mover advantage in their respective industries. That's the playbook for the venture capitalists. Profits? Nah, no stake in profits. Now, though, it seems like they just want to make a little money. The Pinterest actually bring it home this quarter. Well, Uber CEO Dara Khosrowshahi says they'll reach profitability by the end of the year. That is well ahead of schedule. I was thrilled. See, I'm glad they reoriented themselves around, you know, making money. But the crazy thing is that they really didn't take much to alter their trajectories. When you drill down to see what changes they made, they're pretty subtle. For example, Pinterest didn't have to totally change its business model at all. I think they simply got their advertising proposition to work better, especially video. Customers already love their platform, continue to visit in record numbers. Meanwhile, Uber seems deeply committed to making money now, and they're doing it by getting out of lower-margin businesses like the poorly-performing portions of Uber Eats. If it keeps losing money, the whole division might go. Nothing sacred. But at the end of the day, management's just adjusting their portfolio. They're tweaking. They're doing it better. With both companies, I feel like they've finally pivoted from privately-held unicorn status to true public companies. They're what we want. Now Uber and Pinterest are all about showing Wall Street that they have the ability to make a fortune if they want to. Pinterest earned 12 cents, while the analysts were only looking for 8 cents. That shows some nice leverage to the model. They sounded like real business people in the conference call, and I mean that in a very good way. The company had been a little club-like. Not anymore. As for Uber, it increasingly sounds like a platform that can be used by a host of different businesses. There's so much that's suddenly working here that you have to believe Uber was just ridiculously poorly run before Dara took over. I believe that. Now the problems are being fixed, one by one. Management's discipline, and that's a word I never would have associated with the old Uber. But the cleanup has been well, it's pretty far along. The results are very good. Uber and Pinterest show you that fast-growing IPOs with no desire to turn a profit can change their stripes and become something that's a lot more palatable to this market. Hence, by both Uber and Pinterest's stock, both gain nearly 10% today. With their new orientations, I don't think those stocks are done going higher. They could go substantially higher if they stick by the game plan. On the other hand, though, we're starting to get some bogus IPOs again, and that's not so good. I mean, yesterday, Casper Sleep came public, and this mattress company had the same formula that Uber and Pinterest used last year. They're losing money take market share. That might have worked in a less discerning market. But in this one, well, the stock came public at 12 yesterday, opened higher, and it's now at $11.05. That speaks a lot louder than anything I could say about it, but I will be talking about it. I think uh, that it's a good thing why a stock goes down if it loses a lot of money. But for now, just know that Casper probably shouldn't have come public at all. I wish some brokerage firm or all of them had said, you know what, guys, we're not underwriting this. And neither should anyone else. Maybe one day Casper can turn herself around like Uber and Pinterest. But when it comes to big moves in newly public stocks, how about we just say the two out of three ain't bad? Now, I don't want you to go anywhere because I unboxed the business of Casper almost five years ago when I sat with the CEO long before the dream of coming public became a reality. Why don't you take a listen and don't miss more of my take on this IPO.
0: We're going to build the world's best brand around sleep. We think it starts with the mattress, and we're really excited with the reception that the mattress has gotten. And you'll see the same level of engineering go into other products that haven't been rethought of in a very long time.
1: How much more upside can we get from the home builders? Here's a group that's been on fire ever since the Fed gave us three successive rate cuts last year, and that is just what the doctor ordered. Despite what you periodically hear on air. Low rates coupled with ultra-low unemployment, like we saw this very morning, is nirvana for housing. Look at Taylor Morrison Home, which has exposure to some of the strongest regions of the country. Talk about Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, North Carolina, and Texas. The company reported on Wednesday morning delivering some fantastic numbers. The capital for year, where net sale orders were... Up 25% in your rear, above 10000 for the first time ever. Then just yesterday, Taylor Morrison closed on its acquisition of William Lyon Homes, a deal that transformed the company to the fifth largest home builder in America. That's huge, although the stock seems to be taking a breather for the moment after an incredible run last month. So let's take a closer look with Cheryl Palmer. She really built this. Is the chairman and CEO of Taylor Morrison Home. had a better read on the quarter and this transformational William Lyon deal. Ms. Palmer, welcome back to Mad Money.
2: Well, thank you. So good to be here.
1: Well, this is the, f- you're the fifth largest home builder in the country. And you're also really taking advantage of all the great areas in the country. Uh, how did you put this together?
2: You know, we've been working on this for a bit of time right. now, Jim. and And when you think about the opportunities out there, and I think last time you and I talked, it was... You know, things are good. The consumer's feeling good. And when we think about growth and how important that is for the organization and having the depth and scale in each of our markets, William Lyon has been a natural partner. They've got a wonderful land, you know, portfolio. Um, They're in our overlap in markets is great. We've got um, planned more than 80 million in synergies. It gives us new markets in the Pacific Northwest, Nevada, gives us depth in many markets and their people are tremendous. So we're very excited.
1: Well, you, you said something it, it is a good time. And I think we're in one of these markets. This was the State of the Union this week where there are people who don't want to say it's good because some, it's political. It's an election year. Right. But I'm glad you brought it up because whether it's whether you hate them or like them, OK, President Trump, this is a great time to buy a home. Rates are incredible and there's tremendous value. And there is still there are a lot of good homes for sale that you're building.
2: Yeah, the market, the inventory is tight, but there's a lot of right. good homes for sale. I agree. But it is a great time. I mean, I think I saw a stat just in the last couple of days, Jim, that with the rate difference that we've seen in the last 12 months, full point, right, right that's opened up home ownership for probably more than 5 million families that can afford today's medium-priced home.
1: Well, that's why I was so glad you wanted, I wanted you to talk about your barbell strategy. That's okay. where I'm going. So I think it makes so much sense for someone in your position.
2: So we are big believers. I mean, we build for all consumer groups, but we absolutely have focused on that first time. And you and I have talked before. That first time has a number of different kind of subsets within itself. It's got most affordable product um, in different parts of the country. It could be attached product. It could be very simplified product and all the way to what I would call that professional first timer. Right. But then you look at the boomers. And you look at the wealth and their ability to move and the mover rate and following their grandchildren, um, the, their balance sheets. Um, our 55-plus lifestyle communities across the country are doing fabulous.
1: No, do you think that there is a correlation between buying a home and the stock market?
2: Yes, for some consumers.
1: For some consumers, but enough that it might, at the margin... Impact your business
2: today. The consumer's feeling very well, very, very good about the stock market, their their personal balance sheets. But if I think back over time, um, where the stock market's gone through some, you know, turbulent right. times, I think that um, fifty-five buyer thinks a little harder. It depends on why they're moving. Um, I would tell you that first-time, first-time move-up buyer, it's more about the job. It's more about life stage. Right.
1: Well, let me ask him because I know this is more. Uh, ESG, so to speak. But uh, you recently were recognized as a repeat member of of Bloomberg's Gender Equality Index, two companies committed to transparency in gender reporting and advancing women's equality. This is not talked about nearly enough. Hmm. These are things where there's a paragraph and then you're supposed to go right (laughs) back to the price of wood or how much windows cost. Uh, Tell me about this. And I read these articles. There's a very blunt article today about why aren't there more women CEOs? And we try to have every single one on. But there were so many more when we started the show 15 years ago. What is happening?
2: I think I saw a number this week that said something like 6%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased about our organization and the way we've approached this. I'll be honest, Jim. We actually don't have quotas in the company. Okay. We don't even have any affinity programs. What we do have is a bias to putting the best person in every job. Right. So when I look at our workforce today, um, it's about 50-50. When well, I look at management, it's, you know, almost, more than a third is female. Well,
1: why shouldn't it be? I well, mean, those of us married, my spouse <laughs> is the one. I, I got to look at the most recent house that we bought. I yes, was thrilled. You did. That's She good. let me look at it. <laughs> she had made a decision. And then to check off the box, she had me see it. I didn't even know she had put in a bid. I think it's okay. Wow. Because I think those are, set, you know, I'm, I look at uh, the stock market. I don't think I'm that unusual, though. Maybe.
2: You're not. Right? It's very interesting. You're not. I could go back 10, 15 years, and the female was kind of the veto vote.
1: Right. Today, they are
2: more and more the decision maker in that. It's happy, happy wife, happy life. I I agree.
1: uh, Well, what can we do? Or what can I do in journalism? I don't care. To make it so that the numbers are different. Well, I think it has to be a groundswell.
2: And it's, you know, I would, it might be a silly analogy, Jim, but I would put it very similar to vets. You know, that's a wonderful workforce, right? Yes. And if we get vets in the organization, they want to work in a place where they feel like they're appreciated, they're understood. Um, And and for me, Jim, it's not just gender we should be talking about. It's true diversity. The benefit to our organization is that we have different people thinking about the same problems differently, it gets us to a better place and that's what corporate America is missing today.
1: Well, I'm glad you're bringing it up and I'm glad we get to talk about it because, look, I absolutely want to talk about I the price of would. wood, but you know what? I'd rather talk about this. It's more Thank important. You. Okay, so that's Cheryl Palmer, Chairman CEO of Taylor Morrison Home. You know I've loved the home builders. You know we've had this call ever since j Powell stopped hurting the economy with those rate rate increases and went the other way. We have Money's back after the break. Upside can we get from the home builders? Here's a group that's been on fire ever since the Fed gave us three successive rate cuts last year. And that is just what the doctor ordered, despite what you periodically hear on air. Low rates coupled with ultra low unemployment, like we saw this very morning, is nirvana for housing. Look at Taylor Morrison Home, which has exposure to some of the strongest regions of the country. Talk about Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, North Carolina, and Texas. The company reported on Wednesday morning delivering some fantastic numbers. The capital fear where net sale orders were up 25% in your rear, above 10,000 for the first time ever. Then just yesterday, Taylor Morrison closed on its acquisition of William Lyon Homes, a deal that transformed the company to the fifth largest home builder in America. That's huge, although the stock seems to be taking a breather for the moment after an incredible run last month. So let's take a closer look with Cheryl Palmer. She really built this. Is the chairman and CEO of Taylor Morrison Home. You had a better read on the quarter and this transformational William Lyon deal. Ms. Palmer, welcome back to Mad Money. Well,
2: thank you. So good to be here.
1: Well, this is the f- you're the fifth largest home builder in the country, and you're also really taking advantage of all the great areas in the country. Uh, how did you put this together?
2: You know, we've been working on this for a bit of time now, Jim, and and when you think about the opportunities out there, and I think last time you and I talked, it was. You know, things are good, the consumer's feeling good. And when we think about growth and how important that is for the organization and having the depth and scale in each of our markets, William Lyon has been a natural partner. They've got a wonderful land portfolio. Um, They're in, our overlap in markets is great. We've got um, planned more than 80 million in synergies. It gives us new markets in the Pacific Northwest, Nevada, gives us depth in many markets. And their people are tremendous, so we're very excited.
1: Well, you, you said something, it, it is a good time, and I think we're in one of these markets, This think it was State of the Union this week, where there are people who don't want to say it's good because some, it's political, it's an election year. right? But I'm glad you brought it up, because whether, whether you hate them or like them, okay, President Trump, this is a great time to buy a home. Rates are incredible, and there's tremendous value. And there, is still, there are a lot of good homes for sale that you're building. Yeah, The, the inventory is tight, but there's a lot right. of
2: good homes for sale. I agree. But it is a great time. I mean, I think I saw a stat just in the last couple of days, Jim, that with the rate difference that we've seen in the last 12 months, full point, right, right that's opened up home ownership for probably more than 5 million families that can afford today's medium-priced
1: home. Well, that's why I was so glad you wanted, I wanted you to talk about your barbell strategy. That's okay. where I'm going. I so think it makes so much sense for someone in your position.
2: So we are big believers. I mean, we build for all consumer groups, but we absolutely have focused on that first time. And you and I have talked before. That first time has a number of different kind of subsets within itself. It's that most affordable product um, in different parts of the country. It could be attached product. It could be very simplified product, and all the way to what I would call that professional first timer. Right. But then you look at the boomers. And you look at the wealth and their ability to move and the mover rates and following their grandchildren, um, the, their balance sheets. Um, our 55-plus lifestyle communities across the country are doing fabulous. No,
1: do you think that there is a correlation between buying a home and the stock market?
2: Yes, for some consumers.
1: For some consumers, but enough that it might, at the margin impact your business?
2: Today, the consumer is feeling very well, very, very good about the stock market, their their personal balance sheets. But if I think back over time, um, where the stock market's gone through some you know, turbulent right. times, I think that um, 55 buyer thinks a little harder. It depends on why they're moving. Um, I would tell you that first time, first time move up buyer, it's more about the job. It's more about life stage. Right.
1: Well, let me ask him, because I know this is more... Uh ESG, so to speak. But uh, you re- recently were recognized as a repeat member of, the B- of Bloomberg's Gender Equality Index. It's companies committed to transparency in gender reporting and advancing women's equality. This is not talked about nearly enough. Hmm. These are things where there's a paragraph and then you're supposed to <laughs> go right back to the price of wood or how much windows <laughs> cost. Uh, tell me about this. And I read these articles. There's a very blunt article today about why aren't there more women CEOs? And we try to have every single one on. But there were so many more when we started the show 15 years ago. What is happening?
2: I think I saw a number this week that said something like 6%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased about our organization and the way we've approached this. I'll be honest, Jim. We actually don't have quotas in the company. Okay. We don't even have any affinity programs. What we do have is a bias to putting the best person in every job. Right. So when I look at our workforce today, um, it's about 50-50. When I look at management, it's, you know, more than a third is female. Well, why
1: shouldn't it be? I well, mean, those of us married, my spouse is the one. I, I got to look at the most recent house that we bought. I was thrilled. You did. That's She good. let me look at it. She had made a decision. And then to check off the box, she had me see it. I didn't even know she had put in a bid. I think it's OK wow. because I think those are set. You know, I'm, I look at uh, the stock market. I don't think I'm that unusual, though. Maybe.
2: You're not. Right? It's very interesting. You're not. Now, I could go back 10, 15 years, and the female was kind of the veto vote. Right. Today, right. they are more and more the decision maker in that. It's a happy, happy wife, happy life. I, I agree. Now,
1: but, well, what can we do? Or what can I do in journalism? I don't care. To make it so that the numbers are different.
2: Well, I think it has to be a groundswell. And it's, you know, I would, it might be a silly analogy, Jim, but I would put it very similar to vets. You know, we, that's a wonderful workforce, right? Yes. And if we get vets in the organization, they want to work in a place where they feel like they're appreciated, they're understood. Um, And and for me, Jim, it's not just gender we should be talking about. It's true diversity. The benefit to our organization is that we have different people thinking about the same problems differently it gets us to a better place and that's what corporate america is missing today
1: well i'm glad you're bringing it up and i'm glad we get to talk about it because look i absolutely want to talk about I the price of would. wood but you know what i'd rather talk about this it's more Thank important you. okay so that's cheryl palmer chairman ceo of taylor morrison home you know i've loved the home builders you know we've had this call ever since j Powell stopped hurting the economy with those rate rate increases and went the other way They have money's back after the break It is time! It's time for the Light Brooklyn Nurse of Africa. Of course, one of the team is so excited. Bye bye, bye, right, 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 right. And then the lighting round is over. Are you ready, Skeet? Dad, It's time for the Light Brooklyn I'm going to start with Felice. Thank you, Daddy, Felice.
2: Yes. Mr. Kramer, two questions. When do you ever sleep? So that's my first question. Because I see you at 9 at, o'clock um, in the morning, and then I see you at 6 o'clock in the evening. So I'm just wondering if you ever sleep. Anyway, my second
1: question is concerning GE. Um, oh, I, 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 this- I, I yeah. like GE. I get, I, get a, I get a cat nap every now and then when they bring the mattress to the floor of the stock exchange. General Electric my Chapel Trust bought it. We did a big, big takeout on it when we did our club call at 1130. I urge you to join the club and find out. I think it's the best way to play the return of the max, which is going to happen soon. I may go to bed tonight. I may not. Keith in Florida. Keith. Jimmy Joe Yo. Double booyama, man. There you go. You got the moniker correct. Let's go to work. Professor, what do you hear? What do you say concerning I M, D? I don't know. It was on fire, and then it just kind of collapsed, and that's why I'm sending people to Edwards Life Sciences. That's what you go to. Edwards. How about we go to Joe in Indiana? Joe? Booyah, Jim. Love your show, man. Thanks for what you do. Oh, you're quite welcome.
0: Yeah, I got a quick 15-second equation for you to help me solve. When you add up the fact that TV stations charge more for political ads, plus Mike Bloomberg says he'll spend
2: a billion or more, perhaps, for himself and Democrats on TV buys, and that gray television, ticker GTN, has tons of stations in Super Tuesday and Battleground states,
0: do you think that equals opportunity? I
1: think that's one. You know, you get that opportunity, and it'll come and go on. You're talking about a trade. And if you want to do that trade, that's fine. But remember, with the trade comes the buy and the sell. Steven in Illinois. Steven. Yeah, Jim. Mitch is next in the Windy City. <laughs> Fantastic. What's up? <laughs> What's up? I was calling about CenturyLink. I had purchased it about a year ago as a dividend pay. Now, the company
0: has some really good news lately. They've uh, restructured some, some debt, and they've gotten some big government contracts. That's stopping this company from being a $25 to $30 stock.
1: Wait, which one is it? CenturyLink. Oh, I, I think what stops is that only that growth is going is to peak out again, and you have to start sissing all over, because it is still a no-growth stock. I actually don't want you in it. I think you should sell the stock. Let's go to Rush in California. Rush! Booyah! Booyah! (laughs) Hey, Jim, I've been watching your show since 2005, and I wanted to say I would do anything to get my hands on that squishy boy you
2: have
1: in there. We're going to send you one. We're going to send you one. Good, I want one. (laughs) Anyways, what are your thoughts on Vivid Smart Home DBNC? Uh, You know, it had a big pop. It's a big speck to the stock. I'd rather, honestly, I mean, I'd rather buy Tesla on the way down because they have battery power. They've got a good thing going. Uh, that's the way I would do it. Uh, and uh, those who don't like Tesla because the stock broke, I urge you to think, well, why did you own it to begin with? Was it really just because of the chart? How about we go to Paris in Massachusetts, which I didn't know was in Massachusetts. Paris. <laughs> Booyah to Jim. Booyah.
2: Thank you for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller, but a long-time listener. I'm really interested in 5G, and I'm calling about
1: Acoustics. ticker symbol AKTS. Well, you stumped me on that. The old acoustics, huh? I don't know. It sounds like an illness. I'm going to study acoustics and get back to you. Thank you for the call. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the lightning round. The lightning round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Even though this was indeed an ugly day for the average, it a good week, though. We had some phenomenal moves in individual stocks. Take Synaptics, which makes human interface solutions for phones, computers, and other connected devices. Think touchscreens, fingerprint sensors, and high-quality displays, stuff that really makes it fun to fool around with technology. Last night, this company reported a blowout quarter, and its stock streamed higher. This thing went up more than 20%. For years, though, Synaptics was a problematic stock, plunging from $100 at its highs in 2015 down to the mid-20s last spring, a few months after they fired their old CEO. In August, they brought in a new chief executive who immediately got to work on a plan to turn things around, and he did it in record time. We've got to find out how he did that, with the stock down back up to the mid-80s after today's fabulous move. The market's not overreacting, people. These results were incredible. The company earned $2.04 per share. Wall Street was looking for forty-five, substantially higher than expected sales, up 14% versus the previous quarter. Even better, management gave very bullish guidance for the next quarter. They're seeing strength in their PC business and especially strength in smartphones, where uh, Apple is their number one customer, although it's very difficult. Apple doesn't like customers to talk about their company. So can this stock keep boring? Let's check in with Michael Hurlston. He's the turnaround artist, president and CEO of Synaptics Incorporated. Learn more about the quarter and his vision for the future. Mr. Hurlston, welcome to Mad Money. Jim, thanks for having me on. All right, tell me how you did it. This is a turn that really is of remarkable proportions, which is why I was so thrilled you were coming on the show. That was a very quick turn for a company that, frankly, I had just stopped paying attention to.
0: No, I I appreciate that. I think there's been a lot of hard work that's gone into it. I think that there was some setup even before I arrived, to be honest with you, with the team that was in place. And they did a great job paving the way. But we've really focused a lot more on gross margin and trying to improve our gross margin rather than focus on top line revenue. And we've made some decisions to trade revenue for gross margin. And that seems to be paying off.
1: And that's uh, with the um, the divestment of a division that I to me was integral at one point to your operation just doesn't fit in.
0: Yeah, that that business is is a nice revenue for us, but frankly, the gross margins are below our average, and we saw a path where that was going to deteriorate a little bit more, so we sold it to a Chinese consortium. I think they 're going to do great with the business, and it helps us get more improvement on the gross margin so things are things are looking up
1: you brought up the chinese I know it 's about that consortium, but let me ask you, you gave good good guidance for the next quarter, although of course we know that uh Apple, which I know they don't like people to talk about, so I totally get to. But a lot of producers just say in, who are in China are very worried about this lunar new year when it ends, whether it's going to people are going to come back to work or not. Do you have enough parts to continue your dominance?
0: Yeah, I think we were conservative in our guidance. You know, we don't understand all the ramifications of this this coronavirus. I don't think anybody does. Uh, factories are coming back online Monday, so it's a little bit early to tell. And we took a conservative approach. As you said in your your, your comments, guidance was still strong. We right. still feel pretty good about the next quarter, but uh, it's it's kind of hard to call. So you think they are going to come back online? We have a lot of people who are kind of mixed,
1: and Apple just this afternoon said, listen, give it a couple more days. Your contacts are confident that things are going to uh, I know it's never going to be back to normal, but then you're going to be able to get product.
0: We think so, Jim. I I think uh, we're our we've got a a decent footprint in China and our folks are coming back to work on Monday, which is, of course, Sunday here. Right. And uh, we feel pretty good about it. What what it means downstream in terms of demand Are people still buying in China when they're holed up in their homes. Hard for us to say. But that's not gonna be something that we'll see in the next couple of quarters. It's probably oh. further out than that, and then we'll be able to measure it more.
1: Okay, uh, you can't see, but I have the uh, touchscreen. It's the uh, HP. Uh, I'm never going back. It is probably the most exciting thing. I have another PC over here that is not a touchscreen, and I keep touching it because it's once you're hooked on it, it is incredible. How many people have the unbelievably cool touchscreen versus the static?
0: Yeah, I think that uh, where where we're going with touchscreen is on mo- both mobile phones and on the touch pads on on PCs. That's where we make our hay. And we've done a terrific job. We've been in the PC market for for a long, long time. Um, and the touch controllers and fingerprints are part of our story this quarter. That, that's those those numbers were good, better than expected. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to play in that PC market.
1: Now, uh, when I look at uh, the other, the IoT, very important. Uh, you've got a bunch of other uh, uses for it that I don't see. But I, I see auto. I always get worried about auto. Are we doing okay?
0: So our our footprint in automotive is pretty small. What we've been able to do is leverage the same touch and display technology that we have in mobile phones, and we've been able to port that over to automotive. So automotive displays, as you know, are getting bigger and bigger. You've got these, we call pillar-to-post displays, very, very large, and the same technology that goes into small mobile phones applies there, and we've been able to take our technology and scale it over to automotive.
1: Well, I just think that stuff is fantastic. Look, you're behind a lot of the excitement that goes on. I'm so glad that you think it can continue and you gave that great guidance. And I do hope that those factories do open, everybody be safe, and Synaptics gets to continue to dominate. Thank you so much to Michael Hurlston. He's the uh president CEO of Synaptics. Good to see you, sir.
0: Jim, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Really fun.
1: Stocks go up like this, they're rarely done going up. And this is a sensational story. And boy, is that stuff cool. Stay with Kramer. right there because you do not want to miss the CNBC special report, yes, on the coronavirus outbreak. And it's hosted by Brian Sullivan coming up next, more relevant than ever. I do want to point out, okay, that next week is a key week. And I understand that there are a lot of people who are worried about the Chinese stock market. I think the Chinese sellers are going to walk away. There are other people worried about the Chinese supply chain. I think the government is going to make it so that supply chain is protected. Not that I like the way they're going to do it like to said, there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Kramer. See you Monday. The CBC Special Report begins now.
0: At Fidelity, online U.S. stock and ETF trades are commission-free. $0 commission for online retail Fidelity account, U.S. equity, and ETF trades. Sell order assessment fee and some account types and securities excluded. See fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, member NYSE, SIPC.